0: The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia from boosted Same Game Parlays to live in game odds. Winbet as which you need to win. Sign up today. Bet hundred dollars get a hundred dollars at sports gambling podcast.com slash winbet. That is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. I'm just about that action, boss. <laughs> Hey, sir. We are back with another edition of the NFL Gambling Podcast, so on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice, no the guy. It's me, really real villain, real surreal, Furman Jr. At your service. And breaking down the NFC Championship game is Scott Studio. Right, show Scott. What's going on?
1: Yeah, doing pretty well. Unfortunately for both of us, uh, some of our favorite teams died last week. So it is what it is. Uh, yeah at least we got four good teams or four of the best teams left we're only going to talk about two of them because we're talking about the Niners and the Eagles game in the NFC but of course the Bengals Chiefs game should be fun too looking forward to this game should be competitive should be physical and I'm expecting a very close game
0: well I wouldn't say four of the best teams maybe three of the best teams and one team that gets a lot of calls and scores a lot of points and doesn't give up as many points as they score so they get a blowout win in the NFC championship game those teams are in the NFC championship game I'm not salty at all anybody why am I why am I doing this podcast again
1: I'm assuming they're paying you
0: I, I I think I should be on strike for this one okay I could have talked about Pat Mahomes. I would have loved to sit up here and tell you that Pat Mahomes is going to defy the odds and with one leg carry his team to another Super Bowl appearance. I, I could come up here and say that. But like you said, we're talking NFC. So the Philadelphia Eagles as the one seed in the NFC going at home, playing the San Francisco 49ers, the two seed. Eagles are laying two and a half in that matchup. 46 and a half is the total Minus 150 on the money line for the Philadelphia Eagles. Plus 125 for the San Francisco 49ers. Let's see here. We Injury report. All I have is Avante Maddox. It looks like he's going to be out for this one. Let's a bunch here.
1: a bunch of main guys for San Francisco mispractice today, like Debo and McCaffrey, but nobody cares. We all know they're going to play. It's clearly just trying to limit the risk. And we've seen it for... The last couple of weeks, in general, with McCaffrey's injury history and Debo's injury history, why would you bother wanting them to practice if they could hurt themselves again when you know they're going to play on Sunday anyway? So, the Niners had a separate issue with Emani, who had the domestic violence arrest that happened a couple days ago, but of course mm-hmm. he's still going to play in this game. So, for the sake of the actual uh, breakdown and discussing the rosters, I think both teams should be at virtually full strength. You mentioned Maddox probably won't play. I agree. Elaine Johnson last week looked fine, so I don't see many injury concerns for the Niners or for the Eagles, but you got to bring it up.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. I, I don't think it's many at all. Avante Maddox is big, especially him guarding the slot, but they, they've been doing all right without him thus far, so we'll see how it goes. You're getting two and a half with the San Francisco 49ers in this game. Are you taking it? I'll tell
1: you right now, everybody loves the Eagles because they dominated last week. No offense. Uh, They're at home for this game and people are. Yeah, but the point is people are going to blindly look at what happened last week and go, well, the the Niners, they didn't look good against Dallas. The Eagles looked incredible. Once again, no offense to your team. I think the Cowboys are a lot better than the Giants. I'm just being honest. I mean, the Giants lost both games to the Cowboys in the regular season. I thought the Cowboys were the better overall team, which I think is a fair statement. Your team definitely was a nice surprise. They didn't have many preseason expectations. Dable should win coach of the year for it. But you're looking at the actual roster breakdowns. I think the Cowboys had the far more talented roster. I think we can agree on that. So I, I have a hard time fully thinking the Eagles are going to roll because they beat a Giants team that a lot of people preseason thought had no chance of making the playoffs or even finishing above 500. The Niners faced off, once again, against a very underrated Cowboys defense with Lawrence, who was great, with Parsons, who I thought was very good despite not having many stats to back it up. But I thought the pressures were good. I thought the defensive line dominated the game. You look at the Eagles, and it was really a carbon copy of the first game in the regular season. They ran it down their throats. The game got ugly quickly, and it was over basically at halftime. That's kind of what happened. But people were just expecting the Eagles to run through the the Niners, because of how these teams looked last week, I think goes out the window. I don't think it means anything because Philly ran the ball really well against the Giants and the Giants run defense was not very good all season long. The Niners have arguably the best run defense in the league. So I'm not expecting Hurts and company to run wild on this team. And we know the Niners are very opportunistic defensively. They can force a lot of picks. Hurts through the air was good to start the game. Then they didn't really need to throw the ball ever for the final two and a half quarters because they ran the ball so well. And that was really the story of the game. So I think I'd probably lean to Philly because they are at home. But I'm definitely not picking Philly in a route. And I think that anyone who blindly expects Philly to win this game in dominant fashion because they beat the Giants in dominant fashion are out of their minds. Don't underestimate a team that's 112 straight. But I do think the Eagles at home... You do have a Niners team on the West Coast traveling East Coast. so The weather's not going to be great. They've traveled well in the past in cold weather, but I'll lean to Philly at two and a half. I think they'll win this game by three. Actually, I think it's going to be a nail biter. I love the under in this game. I see a pretty similar story to that Cowboys Niners game where both defenses kind of dominate the tone. They both play well, and you'll see a lot of really just painfully long drives that might not result in points. I like the under. I see a twenty-three twenty type game, but I'll lean Eagles. It's really a coin flip, but I'll back the home team that plays outdoors.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm. <sighs> it's a lot I mean, closer than are... people
1: want to make it out to be. Because if if I asked you this matchup a couple weeks ago, you would have told me, "Oh, like one possession game, nail biter down, you know, final couple possessions." Maybe team trailing has the ball, the chance to win. And now because of one week, everyone's going, oh, Philly by 20. It's like, really? like You're going to overreact that much to one week? I thought we've learned in the past that you can't do that, especially in the playoffs. I think it's a close game.
0: I just think that there's more to San Francisco than I think people are giving, like you said, giving them a lot of credit for. And you do have those people that are exhaust, like think that it's going to be a route by Philadelphia and good luck to them. But the public has slammed Philly all week, all week, the public has slammed Philly. This line never got to three. It never got to three. It always held serve at two and a half. I may not have seen it. If it got to three, it got hammered back down in two and a half. It never got there, no matter how much money is pouring in. I'm telling you, money is pouring in on Philly. It's like some 90%, 91% of the money on Philly right now. I'm expecting some sharp money
1: on the Niners right before the game, which I believe we saw in the Cowboys game. uh, You saw it in
0: the Giants game for sure. The Giants game was at seven and a half the entire time, and it got to eight like right before kick. It got to eight. So... I think this is the same thing. I think there's a reason that this this is not going past two and a half, no matter how much money is coming in on Philly. Like a one-point line move with this amount of money, no, this line should be at three and a half by now. So, yeah, I, I'm all over San Francisco just because of that. And then also if we just talk about what's on the field, both of these defenses are live. I would say that San Francisco it has more talent, has the better scheme. But both of these defenses are alive. I think that this is an under type of game where it's really a defensive struggle in the first team. 17, I call 17 the number being the number that it's going to take to get a winner in this one. And Rock Purdy has gotten it done, man. Like I can't keep going against him too much. It's too many times that I'm sitting here, I'm like, all right, well, he's got to look like a rookie at some point. He's got to look like The last pick in the draft. At some point, no, he constantly just does what's asked of him. He doesn't put the ball in bad spots. He is sometimes inaccurate, however, he makes the right read and his football IQ you can see has grown since his time at Iowa State. And so, I think that he's good enough. Like at this point, I think he's good enough to get them to a Super Bowl. And we'll have another conversation depending on who they play next week. But he's good enough right now. He's doing it for him. So. I'm with you on that under. I think Brock Purdy is able to handle this one one more time, and his defense is going to make it really easy on him by not having to score more than two touchdowns to get a win.
1: Yeah, before the playoffs started, I know everybody on the NFL Gambling Podcast ended up sharing their own picks for the conference winners and for the Super Bowl, and I believe we had a graphic for that. My picks were Niners-Bengals-Super Bowl, and I took the Niners. So... So far, everything's gone according to my plan. But the one thing that does concern me, which is kind of why I'm pivoting a little bit off the Niners, the Philly in this spot, I think it's a close game no matter what. Shanahan in the first two and a half quarters of that Cowboys game looked terrified to give Purdy really any responsibilities. It looked like he was extremely conservative. And we've seen Shanahan get very conservative in playoff games in the past, and that has come back to bite him in big moments, whether it involves a conference title game, whether it involves a Super Bowl or two. The concern that I have, which is also why I like the under, I'm afraid that Shanahan's going to think that this moment might be a little bit big early on for the rookie quarterback, and he might go ultra conservative once again, like we saw in that Cowboys game and you're going to see a 9-6 game at the half. That's kind of my concern. Sirianni has faith in Hurts. They're going to try to throw it. I'm really a big fan of Jimmy Ward. I'm not a fan of the other Ward. I don't think that (laughs) Chidarius is that good, if I'm being honest with you. I don't think he's a very good corner, and that's why you're looking at how the first two games in the playoffs have gone. Metcalf at 100 yards and a touchdown. Lamb at 100-plus yards. The only thing that counters it is that A.J. Brown's kind of banged up with a hip injury, and you're kind of wondering how sharp he's going to look but I do think with Sirianni fully trusting in Hurts and with Shanahan 60% trusting Purdy maybe 70% I am concerned if the Niners get off to a slow start because of the conservative play calling you don't want to dig yourself a hole on the road in Philly I feel like that's the concern that I have which is why I'm kind of leaning to Philly in this spot I don't think Shanahan's going to start the game without leaving the training wheels on for probably a quarter for Purdy. And I'm concerned about a slow start because of it.
0: Uh, I, I get what you're saying. And I think that yes. happened
1: in the Cowboys game. We saw it. Purdy wasn't really given any opportunities early on. And then eventually they realized, wait a second, Dallas can't cover Kittle. And they just kept throwing it to Kittle for the entire second half. But
0: yeah, I think really for me, it's more of just kind of the play, the personnel that the 49ers have on offense that lead me to believe that you don't even need to take all the reins off of Brock Purdy because it's really his personnel that are able to do it. And when you sit here and you look at the leaders and yards have the catch this season, the 49ers are sixth on that list. And, you know, if you want to attack the secondary, Uh, Philly, that's kind of the way to do it, especially if you're going towards Darius Slay, who I think is a tad bit overrated for what his production was this year. He's still very good, but he
1: he plays awful lot. So if you throw it underneath, he'll get a lot of free completions.
0: Yeah. And you'll you'll get a lot of completions. It's going to be up to him to make tackles, somebody else to come help wrap up. And I think. Like, against Debo Samuel, I don't know if you want to trust that too much. Uh, especially against Brandon Ayut, too, who's a super strong, guy, uh, tough guy to tackle. So, I just think that f- the personnel that they have and what they – they're not going to need Brock Purdy to do much. Get the ball five, six yards beyond the line the line of scrimmage and then let everybody else do the rest after that.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think we're kind of on the same page in the sense that we think this game is going to be close no matter what. I'm just going to lean to the home team.
0: Yeah,
1: it, it sounds like you're the same way, but you're, you're leaning hedging. to the road team. You're
0: hedging because you you said 49ers, Bengals. Bowl. Well, you're hedging. Truth is, no, it's not only
1: hedging. I just had so many questions about Philly with the injuries entering the playoffs because Lane Johnson. I wasn't sure how he was going to look. Maddox, I thought, wouldn't play because injury looked kind of serious. I wasn't sure how long Josh Sweat was going to be out. Apparently, no games at all. And I wasn't sure about Hurts. And Hertz didn't have to do much last week, but when he did early on, he looked sharp. So I feel like the reason why I'm kind of pivoting is because I was more concerned about Philly's injuries when the playoffs started than I am now, because a lot of their main guys who were injured have looked relatively normal since they came back.
0: Oh, God bless these two teams against Patrick Mahomes. I will say that much.
1: But it sounds like you have some type of like 17-14 Niners win kind yeah, of score. Something like that. Something yeah. like that. Maybe, I'm going 23-20 Philly. Be,
0: so. could be 21. Like I, think it, I don't think that this gets anywhere near the total. I think this is actually the game everybody expects it to be. A defensive masterclass on both sides of the ball.
1: I would be shocked if either team got to 27 points in this game. I would be shocked.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. First touchdown for this game everybody's favorite. Did we? Did we, hit, we yes, we hit Dallas Goddard. Yeah. We both had, we had Goddard. Goddard last week. We so. had Goddard. So we had Goddard last week. That was some nice cash for us. All right. First touchdown. Scott, I'll hand the floor off to you. What are you doing first touchdown?
1: All right. So I'm going to go in order. I'll list all four. I'll start off with the road team and then go to the home team. Since I think it's a nail biter, I got two for each team again. I'm not going to overload it uh, with one team. Uh, so starting off with the Niners, I got Elijah Mitchell at 21 to 1. Got a lot of work there in the fourth quarter. He had a touchdown in the first game against Seattle. He was horrible running the ball against Seattle. I believe he had two yards. But last week, when the game was on the line, they really didn't use McCaffrey that much because Mitchell's more of the big body running back and they were trying to move the chains. And Mitchell was good. He ran at a bounce like an idiot on one of the carries, but he still looked good overall. I think that he's going to get a lot of short yardage work here in this game. And as a result, I think 21-1 to one is a little bit too large of a price. My second pick's going to be Brock Purdy, who has scored on a couple of QB sneaks with his time as the starter. He's also mobile, but if they get to the one, I know they're not afraid of sneaking it because I saw it against Seattle a couple weeks ago. Give me Brock Purdy at 32-1. to So I'm going with two relative long shots there for the Niners. I wanted to pivot off of uh, Samuel, and I wanted to pivot off of McCaffrey. And moving on to the Eagles, I got two shorter price guys. I got Devontae Smith, at 11-1, A.J. Brown's banged up. I mentioned I'm not a fan of the other ward. Jimmy's good. I'm not a fan of the other one. But the point is, the Niners have been a little bit vulnerable against wide receiver ones in the playoffs so far, and A.J. Brown's banged up. So I do think you might see Philly maybe pivot off of Brown a little bit, depending on how bad the hip injury is. But Devontae's healthy. He's consistently been solid, and I think that he's got value at 11-1. to And my last one... If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm going back to Dallas Goddard. I feel obligated to. We saw Dalton Schultz score a touchdown, the first touchdown last week against the Niners. They've had some issues on play action passes, and I do think with Philly's offense, you can definitely see Goddard sneak out and get open against some of the linebackers or safeties. Give me Goddard again at 12 to 1. He's been a solid first touchdown option, and the Niners gave up a first touchdown to a tight end last week. So I'll go with Dallas Goddard as my final pick.
0: All right. Let's see here.
1: I'm assuming Uh, we're overlapping on two of these. If I had to guess, I think you got Goddard and Purdy, if I had to guess.
0: Oh, I missed you. Yeah, yeah, so you're right on Purdy. Let's just go ahead and kick things off there. I am definitely on Brock Purdy. And it's more of just personnel. I think both of these teams match up really well. Like, they got some superior athletes on both sides of the ball. And if you match up every single person in terms of – uh, skill position players on both offense and defense that leaves Brock Purdy open to run the ball up the middle for a touchdown so yeah I like the chances of the Niners driving down the field and putting themselves in a the red zone position for them to open up that playbook a little bit so I'm expecting to see a uh Brock Purdy run for a touchdown that was at what 35 to 1 you got
1: uh, I see 32 to 1
0: I think I found a 35
1: I'll take it if you have it
0: all right and... I, I see a lot of
1: short yardage touchdowns in this game, though. Maybe it's just me, but both teams so being look, so physical. I see them trying to kill each other at the line. But screen.
0: that is that is my second player because I'm so glad that you said it, Scott. Oh, you're short taking use check. Touchdown, I'm taking use check yeah, at 65 to one. I got to, man. Like, oh, just think about I can just see it now. Like it's a little flip. Or a little uh weird pass play, or he just kind of hand off to him instead of the running back on the goal line. And it's just sound that's this like that's Kyle, Kyle and Kyle. They've given that him a carry is,
1: in the last couple
0: games. So yes, so I can see it. I can see it now. If they're on the goal line, they always show him love. They always show him love. They're gonna show him love with the first touchdown. Sixty five to one. All right. Philly, I'm going over starting with Quez Watkins. And he's at 35 to one. And maybe that was the person that I was talking about, 35 to one. But he's at 35 to one, mainly because when you look in terms of DVOA to the third wide receiver, San Francisco is 30th in terms of DVOA. So you have really good against number one wide receivers, of course, really good against number two wide receivers, of course, still a really good defense. All the way near the bottom for number three, where, you know, that extra person that kind of gets lost. And you know how Jalen Hurts and Quez Watkins have a great relationship. They work on their deep ball all the time. He's always somebody that just kind of streaks out and gets lost in defense. So yeah. I think Quez Watkins is a good pick here. And then. Yeah, I think I am just going to have Dallas Goddard. I tried to I tried to pivot off of him while I was talking. But he's he's
1: do. just so good in the red zone. I mean, they give him so yeah, much. He's, so many targets.
0: Yeah. Hurts loves him. He's he's there. He's open. Yeah.
1: And we okay. just saw it last week they just gave up, they gave up the first touchdown to a tight end. So I felt like I had to take Goddard. Goddard was really a big piece of that offense that I was missing for a couple weeks there or a month or two because of how consistent he is at just finding holes in defense, whether it's zone coverage or against man. Goddard, I feel like I don't want to say is an auto play at his price, but it feels close to it, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I th- I'm all over Dallas Goddard props for as long as the Eagles are playing games. He's just such a big part of that offense. And I don't think he gets talked about enough, honestly. All right. Let's move over to – well, before we talk about props, I got to talk to you about the official online sports book of Sports Gaming Podcast Network, and that is WinBet, where they're active in a bunch of states – NFL playoffs are here, so you can live bet those games. You can have a same-game parlay, win, build your own bet. Sign up today, receive a special offer, bet $100. Get $100 limited to state availability. And remember, if you hit the longest par- long-shot parlay, the biggest long-shot parlay of the week, you can get a $1,000 free credit. So much truth from head over to sportsgamingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamingpodcast.com slash n b e t. Officer subject change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be torn in order. President state will play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, we can segue the Dallas Goddard talks into my first prop, which is no other than Dallas Goddard over 45 and a half receiving yards. That's his guy, man. I mean, on third down, honestly, like second and long passing plays. Dallas Goddard finds a way to get open. He's a really, really good end.
1: I We talked a lot about Goddard for first touchdown. Like, you're not going to get any arguments from me. Yeah. He's just been consistently solid. A.J. Brown's banged up, so... I don't know if you're expecting more of a limited role for AJ Brown. Of course, he's going to play a lot of snaps because it's a must win game. Do I think he'll yeah. be able to create as much separation as normal? No, it's a hip injury. Like that can really bug you for a month.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think. think he can be you... more, just more yeah. of a
0: decoy absorbing. That's what I'm uh, saying. Ward on the defense. He was kind and, of a decoy yeah.
1: last week. He really didn't do anything. So I think you might see the Eagles kind of pivot off of him. But of course, AJ Brown's still going to attract attention. So you might be able to see more underneath stuff for Devonte Smith or for Goddard as Brown's more of the deep guy. And at that point, you might just be able to stockpile five or six receptions for 60 yards.
0: I'm thinking I was debating it. I'm not trying to jump too early with these props, but I was really, really debating putting A.J. Brown under 70 and a half receiving yards for my second prop.
1: I thought about it, too, uh, just because. He really hasn't done much the last couple of weeks. I know Hertz hasn't played many games the last couple of weeks, but still now he's banged up and he looked a little bit annoyed on the sideline that he wasn't getting the ball enough while his team was winning by double digits in a playoff game, which I thought wasn't exactly a great look. but AJ Brown's a great player, but he's had a lot of quiet weeks this uh overall throughout the course of the season. He's had a couple of insane weeks against Tennessee and against some other teams. but, Brown has had an underrated amount of really underwhelming weeks, especially for the last couple months. So I think that 70 and a half is actually a decent look. I do like the under there, uh, but I didn't make it one of my plays either.
0: I mean, it's just San Francisco doesn't give up big plays. Like they do not give up a lot of big plays. and
1: They have given up one in each of the last two weeks to number one receivers because Metcalf had the 50 yarder down the sideline. And Lamb had the fifty had the fifty yarder, give or take. But once again, I'm not sure if Brown will create as much separation as he normally can mm-hmm. because he's banged up.
0: If he doesn't get one of those fifty yarders I don't think it's any way he gets over this total. Yeah, I'm going go with it. Forget it. I jumped ahead, but it doesn't matter. I'm 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 settled on it. I'm taking AJ Brown under seventy and a half.
1: So, does that mean you're removing another prop or you're adding a fourth one? No, no, I'm moving another prop. Okay. But I I like that as well. That has my endorsement. Uh, My first one's going to be a very, very sneaky under. It's going to sound very dangerous because one reception might get you over. It's going to be Miles Sanders. I'm going to take him under seven and a half. Last time
0: he's caught a pass.
1: I was going to say it's been a couple weeks. (laughs) I'm going to take Miles Sanders (laughs) under seven and a half receiving yards at minus 120. He's had less than seven receiving yards in each of the last five games. I don't believe he's recorded a catch in each of the last two games. And if you look at his three. actual last well, three games, sorry. He also had one game with a catch for negative 13 yards. Like He hasn't done anything in the past game for, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> for a long time. But the point is so, they never throw
0: him the ball. Hey, I'm looking at these stats, and this is hilarious. Like, oh, He, he, he
1: just didn't get did one catch used in the passing game, like ever. He has one catch for six yards. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But he's had no catches, he said, for the last three games. I wasn't sure if it was two or three. But if you look at his actual role on the team, which is kind of weird because he made the Pro Bowl, they just have not been using him that much. Miles and- Sanders made the Pro Bowl? Yeah, he made the Pro Bowl.
0: Are you serious? I think he made the
1: Pro Bowl over McCaffrey. No way. I think he did. I think that was a controversy at the time. I'm pretty sure Sanders made the Pro Bowl. McCaffrey Miles Sanders it. is not in a Pro Bowl.
0: Is Miles Sanders really in the Pro Bowl? I yeah. mean, I, I mean, Miles Sanders is cool and all, but... Miles like, Sanders,
1: I'm like 90% sure is in the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl. Hold on. Oh, I think
0: pro he Bowl made it and McCaffrey didn't. No freaking way. I think. You're lying. I mean, it's not like they're playing anything or... But still. Yeah, do they even have a Pro
1: Bowl game anymore? Did that get completely wiped? But McCaffrey made first team, didn't he? Or second team. Uh, For all pro or... It's uh let me see here. It says Pro Bowl 2022. Sanders
0: made Pro the Pro Bowl. Bowl. Pro
1: he made the Pro Bowl for real? Yeah. Oh, I didn't make it up. Like, yeah, he was announced to the Pro Bowl a couple weeks ago.
0: Oh, that's lame. <laughs> I mean, well, it's not lame. Miles Sanders is good, but like I I just to be don't fair, think Trubisky
1: made a Pro Bowl, so it doesn't really mean anything to me. But uh looking at the NFC here, uh just to confirm, uh yeah, Man,
0: look at look at Miles Sanders sitting here. How many games did Christian McCaffrey miss? He ha- he couldn't have missed that many. Oh, I'm sorry, keep going.
1: McCaffrey didn't miss any games.
0: Y- yeah, why is? I don't know. Do you, so if you get traded, you're not allowed to be a Pro Bowler anymore. But he got
1: traded to the NFC. He was in the NFC the entire time, anyways. It doesn't make any difference. But yeah, uh, I'm just looking quickly to see what we got here. Oh, yeah, yeah running, backs, running backs, running backs for the NFC. You have Saquon, makes sense. Tony Pollard, which I think is a little bit iffy, but fair. Dalvin Cook, uh, who's replacing Pollard. I don't know why Dalvin Cook's here. And you have Miles Sanders and no McCaffrey. So the whole thing doesn't make any sense. But either way, the point is Sanders is a pro bowler. But since it was announced he made the pro bowl, Philly just hasn't used him like ever. And he (laughs) has played 40 percent, 40 of the offensive snaps in each of the last three games. Each they don't use Sanders at all. They use him. They use Gainwell. They use Boston Scott. But they turned a Pro Bowl running back into a committee guy, and as a result, <laughs> I don't know why his receiving yard numbers at seven and a half when he hasn't gone over this number in the last month and change. He hasn't had a He ca- hasn't caught a pass in three weeks. I'll take the under seven and a half. This is
0: such a fun prop.
1: <laughs> I love it, oh, place. one one screen pass, you might die, but seven and a half. They don't throw him the ball.
0: He has one target in those three weeks, too.
1: The <laughs> yeah, one target. But I, the Niners did a good job against – I know Pollard got injured. It was a carry he got hurt on. I don't believe Pollard had, like, any receiving yards. I got to look up that stat. I think he called maybe one pass for, like, three yards or something. I don't think Pollard did anything in the pass game. Yeah. Oh, by the way, to go back to uh, what we were talking about before with A.J. Brown – um, I talked before about it, it looked like he, how he was having a tantrum on the sideline when he wasn't getting the ball and his team was up about 20. Uh, he had a quote today uh, where he basically said uh, or indirectly like, I'm not a diva, but I want the ball. All right, that's great. You sh- your team won by 20 plus points. Like, relax. Calm down. But yeah, that's what I was saying. So
0: That goes because back to the Dory point. had him on straps.
1: Uh, it straps looked like again. it. He was open on that deep pass late in the game, but he overthrew him uh, and he ended up getting injured on in that play. But either way, uh, point is back to Sanders. He's now basically a committee guy. Uh, he's a pro bowl committee guy and they don't throw him the ball. So give me the under seven and a half receiving yards.
0: All right. What's your second prop? Uh, my second prop,
1: you mentioned Debo potentially having a very good game because Slate plays a little bit off of him. I'm actually going to use that yep. to my advantage. I'm gonna take Debo longest reception under 20 and a half yards at minus 110. Ooh. I think he's gonna catch a lot of underneath stuff in this game. I don't see many big plays from him. He's gone under this number in seven of his last eight games. Did virtually nothing last week against Dallas, but he's also had less than 59 receiving yards in eight of his last nine games. He had the one huge game against the Rams. And not the Rams, sorry, against the Seahawks, where he had the short pass, which he took 75 70 something yards to the crib in the fourth quarter. But for the most part, Debo has kind of been, I don't want to say irrelevant, but he's kind of been just a mediocre wide receiver based on stats for the last couple of months. And Purdy has kind of gravitated more towards Kittle. I just think that Debo Samuel, for a long reception of 20 and a half, once again, he's gone under in seven of eight. So it doesn't seem like Purdy's really focused on getting him the ball downfield that often. And the one huge play he had in the playoffs – it basically a dump-off pass that he ended up taking untouched for 70-something yards. I'm on the under 20-and-a-half. I think Slay will play off. I think Samuel might get a couple of 10-15-yard catches. But 20-and-a-half, I think, is a little bit large. I'm not sure how much the Niners throw the ball in this game anyway. I'm going to take the under.
0: No, I like that. I like that, that play a lot.
1: I wasn't going to take receiving yards, though, because I I did think they could, he could stockpile a bunch of – 10-yard 10, ten yard reception, stuff like that. So I'll try to eliminate the big play.
0: I didn't even uh, – I had the same prop, but I didn't think an under with Debo. I, like I said, I was concerned about Slay and how Slay played and that Debo's strong enough to, to break one tackle, and then next thing you know, he's taking you close to 20 yards. But I did bet the same – the same prop except different player, Brandon Ayuk, over 21 and a half, uh, longest completion. And that's because you look at his, you go back last week, okay, it was a low volume week last week. He only was two for four, 26 yards, one was up for 17, so he was almost there. Then you have 31 and what was that against Seattle, so you had one go for 31. Longs are 22, 23, 54, 16, 32, 23, 27. So he's getting there. Like He's getting there. And it. when well, you think about it, that's pretty much how he does it. He does a lot of it yards after the catch. Makes one guy miss. Next thing you know, he's down the, down the field for 20 yards already. And you're catching him at like 30 or something like that. It's also
1: so. a lot of play action stuff. So if he can just get a defender to bite on the play action, yep. then he should have at least a step on a defender and he could potentially get a jump ball or something like that. But that was what happened in Seattle. They ran the same play-action crossing pattern three times, and IU caught it for like 20-something times apiece.
0: And Brenton IU needs to have some... Well, I won't say he needs to have some good games, but it would behoove him to have like a a standout playoff game, especially with next season. More than likely, everybody's expecting him to either get re-signed or traded. Yeah. So... Uh, I think that this a uh, really good game just on the stat sheet could really, really behoove him, and he could break the bank. I know Giants are looking at him. It's a number of teams that are looking at bringing a player like Brandon Ayuk. So, all right, last prop for you, sir. So I'm
1: going to ask you kind of a rhetorical question, but I just want to get your thoughts. When you think of the clutchest kicker of all time, who do you usually think of? Clutchist, there's two There's two names. If you're, I mean, Giants fans will say Lawrence yeah, Times, but let's not include Lawrence, Lawrence
0: Times. I was about to say, like, well, let's Lawrence toss Tynes. the fandom out for a
1: second. Let's toss the Lawrence <laughs> Tynes fandom out there. You know,
0: wait, because the... I was really sitting there like, wait, no, it's got to be Lawrence Tynes. <laughs> I mean,
1: you can say Lawrence Times, I'm sure Saints fans would say Garrett Hartley. Every, every fans, oh, I forgot the, about Hartley. Yeah, okay, my point though, cool. but I only brought up Hartley because I saw Twitter. It was like the, I don't even know. 12-year anniversary, 15-year anniversary of the Favre game against the Saints, but oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the point is, if I asked you what most people would think when you ask them who's the clutchest kicker of all time, you probably have two names in your mind. Oh, Non-fandom Justin Tucker. related. Justin Sucker? That's one.
0: And uh, uh, oh, oh, uh, other ones assumed Robbie to Gold? be a Hall of Famer. Are you talking about Robbie Gold? No, talk about Vinatieri. Oh, Vinatieri! Is Vinatieri still kicking?
1: No, I'm talking about Vinatieri because I was going to segue into Robbie Gould.
0: Oh, okay, okay. That was was what what I was going for. No, yeah, I'm like, wait, no, Vinatieri's not kicking on his knees
1: anymore. No, I believe his son is kicking in college. But the point is, you're looking at Vinatieri and Tucker as the two guys that people think, oh, they're the clutchest kickers of all time. People aren't aware of Robbie Gould's playoff stats at all. They have oh, no idea fun. how good oh he is God. in the playoffs. not
0: know that we were about to walk into Robbie Gould playoff stats. I got to bring season. it up because it's going to go okay. into my
1: prop here. I like Robbie Gould over one and a half field goals made at minus 115. Okay. To go through his numbers, Robbie Gould in his career, including this year, has attempted 29 career playoff field goals. Okay. He is 29 of 29. Oh, He's wow. attempted he 38 extra points. Him. He, he is 38 out of, him. of 38. So in his career, he's attempted oh. 67 playoff kicks. He's 67 of 67.
0: You just jinxed the fuck out of him oh, to go through gosh, Scott.
1: the first two rounds. He has gone four for four in each of the first two games. Can I bet him to miss a kick? Uh, I, I know Not that a, the extra point was it. only for Maher. But I don't know if you can bet that, but still. I, I'm looking for him. You just jinxed the hell out of him. He's I made it at least three field goals in four of the last five games, but once again, he's 29 of 29 in his career. <laughs> One and a half field goals at minus 115, I got to take, and you could argue that I jinxed it, but during the game against the Cowboys for each field goal, I kept updating his stats on Twitter, and he kept making kicks, so I don't think it mattered. <sighs> And you can look at my Twitter, and I was doing that for each kick. But one and a half field goals at minus 115 for a guy that's made three plus and four the last five. A guy that's made four in each of the first two playoff games. And in his career is 29 of 29. Give me the over one that field goals for Robbie Gould.
0: Wait. Okay, so in this prop, and it says first field goal made, the neither is 22 to one. Does that mean neither as in the kick is missed or neither as in they don't even attempt a field goal?
1: It depends on fine print. Some books will actually screw you on that prop, and they'll claim that if there was no field goal attempt, you get no action. Others will grade it like it's a yardage prop. The guy who was on the field is close enough. 22 to one's a lot of fun, though.
0: I gotta wait to find. I gotta find a way to bet Robbie Gould to miss a kick now. <laughs> I I mean I I tweeted that out is like, the games that is like ultimate like announcers jinx there.
1: I did it oh. during the game last week and he still didn't miss any kicks. Oh, I was goodness. doing it for each field goal and they kept going in. He made a fifty yarder in the wind. He made <laughs> a seven yarder in the wind. He's the point is I'm trying to say based on playoff numbers. Oh no! no. I, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I asked the rhetorical question before. Statistically speaking, Robbie Gould's the clutchest kicker of all time. In the playoffs. Yeah. Statistically speaking, he's the clutchest kicker of all time. So
0: seven playoff kicks is insane.
1: Extra points used to be from the two yard line. But still, the field goal is 29 of 29. I can't over. That's Dude, just not
0: the people that were missing them at the two yard line.
1: Yeah, that, that's just nuts. 29 of 29. Give me the over one and a half field goals for Robbie Gould.
0: I can't believe people were missing kicks at the two yard line. All right what i mean sure why not since i i accidentally clicked on this prop so let's just talk about it real quick before we get into dfs jersey number of match first touchdown score the oh 19 and a half is the number over is 10 to 1 not 10 to 1 over is uh even money the under is minus 120
1: Okay, I'm trying to think of all of the numbers that are over. So you said 19 and a half, right? Yeah, 19 and a half. Okay, so you're like you're you're fading so Debo, you're you're fading Ayuk, you're fading Hurts, you're fading AJ Brown, you're fading Devontae Smith. But but... Wait,
0: but you're telling me I'm getting even money and McCaffrey, Miles Sanders, like those are above 19 and a half. Forget about those two guys. You're getting Boston Scott. <clears throat> Uh, he's not doing nothing.
1: Yeah, I, he only, it's, it's, a, it's a meme at this point. But you get Goddard. You still get um, yeah. Kittle. You get I'm trying to think of the other guys. So I guess you
0: don't say so you don't get the starting. Wide rec- well, you don't get the main wide receivers and you don't get the quarterbacks. But you get basically the running. The running you get the entire backfield, every, basically. Yeah, all the, all the backs. You get the tight ends.
1: You're assuming most defensive players. Yeah, yeah, And that would be a bit weird to get the first touchdown that way. But still, technically, no, you but still, yeah, you are. Players.
0: You're getting most defensive play. Why do I feel like the overnight scene and a half is a lock? And you also get juice check. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah, over overnight saying a half for the jersey number of the first touchdown score.
1: I wish it was 18 and a half, because I would have liked that include Samuel in that list, but. The point yeah. is, I feel like even money is kind of fair though, because we did just mention a lot of guys and you kinda of have a decent number of good options on both sides. Even money's still fun, but I, I can I can see why it's even money.
0: Was all of our first touchdowns on the over? No, because Chase no, had no, one. Because we had Purdy. Yeah, we had Purdy too.
1: All right. Oh, you, oh, you mean first touch? I thought you meant for last week. Uh no, no, for no, no, for no. this game. Um, no, because I had Purdy and I had Devante. Yeah. All
0: right. Let's see here. We're doing DFS showdown lineup DFS. Scott, who's in your captain slot?
1: So for my captain slot, I had a couple of choices. I wasn't sure exactly (laughs) where to go with this one. I copped out and took Jalen Hurts. For -hmm. the record, I don't think he's going to have a great game because I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think it's going under. However, I cannot look past the rushing upside. I just can't. Purdy could get a rushing touchdown, which of course would be great for people that use him on a roster, but Purdy usually gets one or two carries per game, and it's usually based on either kneel downs or some type of scramble where he high steps on the sideline like Baker Mayfield and runs out of bounds. That's usually what Purdy does on these scrambles. So mm-hmm. the rushing upside, you know, Hertz is going to get work on the ground, and he can give you 50 rushing yards, and that's a five three points right there. Had a rushing touchdown last week. You know, the QB sneak is basically unstoppable for Philly. So if it is going to be third and goal at the one, you know they're going to go into the goal and the QB sneak formation and try to get Hertz a rushing touchdown. So I went with Jalen Hertz. I'm hoping the rushing upside and the decent rushing touchdown draw can propel them to a decent captain spot. So I went with Jalen hurts.
0: All right. My captain slot. I went with the 49ers defense. I just think that they're going to I have them on my roster.
1: Bit. I just didn't put them in my captain spot.
0: Yeah. Uh, I- I just think about how most of this year went for us in this Thursday night football slot. And the defenses were a lot of, like, a lot of good plays a lot of time. Now, I know this is different. We're talking about playoffs, but I still think both defenses are going to get up for the spot. And if you tell me I can accidentally get a defensive touchdown or something like that, that could just boost me up. Yeah, but I know I, I feel like I should have a very decent sense of what I think could be a kind of bar burner of a game. So, yeah, I'll take I'll take the defense to be able to get some sacks and hopefully a pick off of Jerry Lill Hurts in the secondary.
1: Yeah, uh, I have the Niners defense as well. I just put Hurts in my captain spot, kind of playing it safe. But the Niners defense, still very good at getting after the passer, uh, still very good at forcing turnovers. We saw Dak throw a couple of picks last week, and you're looking at really what the Niners are good at. It's taking away the run. And if Philly's main source of comfort in the offense is running the ball, and you could limit the ground game. You might force Hurts into throwing the ball 30-something plus times. And I can guarantee you Philly doesn't want to do that. That's also why I like Hurts in my captain spot, because you might have to get a lot of volume throwing the ball. But it could also result in a bunch of mistakes, some turnovers, some sacks. And I think the Niners' defense also should be played here because of just how good they are. There's just the best defense in the league. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. My next slot I have, I, I'm a little Christian McCaffrey. I kept him up there it just.
1: I, I got McCaffrey too. So.
0: Yeah, I I didn't find a way not to to fade Christian McCaffrey in this spot. I Just think that he's gonna get a lot of the volume, like he's gonna see a lot of close passes near the line of scrimmage and trying to avoid those that great secondary. I think that they're gonna dump the ball off to Kittle. They're gonna dump the ball out to McCaffrey a bunch, and he's gonna have a lot of yards have to catch. Uh, the the prop that I did kick off for the undering uh, AJ Brown was Christian McCaffrey's receiving prop, so I think that he could still have a really really good day.
1: Yeah, uh, the only concern with McCaffrey is that he was kind of splitting touches last week with Mitchell, but McCaffrey still found the end zone, and McCaffrey wasn't used in the pass catching situations last week. I mm-hmm. think he'll be used more in that capacity. So McCaffrey. I feel like in DFS or fan- any fantasy, he's basically an autoplay because he's just so valuable in such a variety of ways. So I went with McCaffrey as well. Uh, so I already gave out three.
0: All right. I Next, I got Brandon Iute. And I talked about it in longest completion. I just think that he's he should be due. Like, he's due for a really, like, one of those 100-yard Brandon Iute games where... He has only like three or four catches, but his yards after the catch just take him so far. He's able to cover a lot of ground. So I think this could be one of those hundred plus yard receiving days for Brandon. You just kind of picking apart that secondary of the Eagles and making them tackle, forcing them to be tackling corners instead of just coverage corners. I think that Brandon, you can really challenge him there. And that's a big way that Kyle Shanahan can pick apart that defense. So, yeah, I like Brandon to have a really good day. I add him in that third slot.
1: Uh, My fourth pick, I'm going to go with the other defense. I got to take Philly defense here. A shout out to my fantasy team. But I do think that Philly defensively is pretty much an auto play because of just how often they sack the quarterback. I'm going to read off the sack numbers for the last couple of weeks here. Uh, Five in the playoff game. They two against the Giants in week 18, but they bench half the team. So if you want to toss week 18 out, these are the sack numbers. Five, seven, six, six, seven, six. They just sacked the quarterback all the time. And we saw Demarcus Lawrence and Parsons generate a bunch of pressure against this Niners offensive line. And we saw Purdy get sacked a couple of times. They settled in a little bit more as the game went on. But the fact that the Cowboys got pressure constantly against Purdy and the fact that the Eagles have really just been walking into five, six acts a game for the last month and a half. I think Philly's defense is an autoplay. Purdy could argue struggles maybe in the moment. Maybe he doesn't. But it's the fact that the Niners offensive line, I think, is good. But I think it might be a bit overvalued because I saw them get kind of manhandled last week. So give me Philly defense because I just think that they're going to be able to generate a bunch of pressure.
0: Yeah, I have Philly's defense as well. (laughs) I couldn't get away from it. I think that this is I think this is going to be a nasty game. Like this is an alternate under type of game. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's see here. Who did I not give out? I got I, I got one left. Leherse.
1: You you have two left, right?
0: No, I have one left because I had Jake. We both have one left. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So, Dallas Goddard.
1: Uh, I was initially going to do him, but his salary was a bit too expensive, so I ended uh, up well, actually I, I I actually can't afford him with the bare minimum. I'd have zero salary left if I used Goddard, Perfect. but I decided not to. Oh, okay. Because I feel like in a, such a low-scoring game, you're really just... It's just live or die by the touchdown. And Goddard, I think, could get yards here. I wanted to make a case for Elijah Mitchell, for example, but the only way he's going to have any value is if he scores. He had a good game last week he had five points because he's not going to catch any passes. So Goddard I like in the game, but I kind of pivoted. I went with uh, Mr. Clutch Kicker. I went with Robbie Gould uh, at 8,500. I can't say no to him. He's made at least three field goals in four of the last five games. He's made four field goals in each of the first two playoff games. He's had 16 fantasy points in each of the first two playoff games.
0: Why are we not having him in our captain slot?
1: I thought about it. I actually did think about it. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll make multiple lineups. But Gould, as he's 29 of 29. You can't put him in the captain spot because you think I jinxed him but I got to take him here. Philly's defense will do a good job at limiting touchdowns and the Niners offense. Even last week, they got a lot of turnovers with short fields. Did they do much with it? No, they kicked a bunch of field goals. Like, I just think the Niners red zone, red zone offense has been a little bit underwhelming lately. And Philly's defensive line is solid. Jordan Davis back in the lineup helps the run defense. Give me Gould in another spot of my lineup because The usage has been crazy for the last couple of games. And if he can get me even conservative 10, that's still a very solid performance for fantasy players. So give me Gould in a low-scoring game. All right. We have a lot of overlap in our lineup. In fact, we have four overlapped players. I just have Gould and you have Goddard.
0: I don't know if that's good or bad. because I don't know if it's way. good or bad either. We have different captains and whatever, so I'm, I guess it can I'm work going, itself out. I'm but. 100% having a Robbie Gould uh, captain slot lineup, though. Like, that's happening. That's 100% happening. I think it maybe should I'll happen. I'll do it for – maybe I'll do it – oh, what if you put Robbie Gould in a flex on the two-day, the both line with both games? Nobody's going to have that.
1: Do they Do and they, they let you? Because th- Some books don't like to use kickers in a flex spot uh, in multiple-day lineups.
0: Yeah. In right, fact, some he books he don't is, even, like, have, if you even have a kicker spot. If issue you, if you if you if I knew I'm getting a guaranteed 16 points, I would have no problem flexing a kicker. And most most two-game
1: lineups don't even have a kicker spot. Yeah. If they did, I'd use Gould. No brainer. He'd be my auto kicker if I if there was a kicker <laughs> spot.
0: <laughs> no, no. I would actually flex them just because I know I'm getting 16 points like that. In two games where I think I'm gonna be desperate for points in one game. Yeah, I would definitely think. I
1: him. think minimum of like nine in this game, which is still a nice score for a low-budget guy like Gould. So I'll go with him. Yeah.
0: All right. Line up, check for touchdown, check, props, check, game, check. It's time for our lock and time touchdown for this game. I think we're
1: both going to have the same lock, so.
0: What, Robbie Gould?
1: No, I'm taking the under.
0: Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I gotta take exactly. the under 46 and a half. The total is insanely I thought, high.
0: I thought that you were trying to be funny because we were just talking about them. And I was like, oh
1: no, like it I, I think I just have to take the under. It forty six and a half is an yeah. absurdly yeah. high number.
0: Yeah. I I can't I can't get myself to buy buy off on it at all. All right. For my touchdowns. Wait, starter, so are we are we double
1: locking the under?
0: Yeah, we're double locking okay. the under. Oh, man. That's the wrong app. I don't know what I'm doing.
1: You going with Goddard? Right. Is it any time? Ah, man. I see 175, and I'm trying to see if I can find a better price.
0: I want the Niners to win, so I don't want to go with Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard.
1: If you want a decent plus oh. price, you can get Elijah Mitchell at plus 290. I
0: see it's Ayuk at two. I see plus 370.
1: Oh, you see 370? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, see I, see, I see Ayuk Elijah at 230,
0: Mitchell. so... You have a couple options. Ayuk uh, is Iuke is tempting. I'm going the guy, man. I'm going. I'm I'm double downing. I'm double You're going downing. Robbie Gould. No, I wish he's probably like a hundred to one. <laughs> he's not even existing. They
1: don't give you kickers.
0: I'm going Juicick. Okay. I, I'm going. thirteen to one, man one. I'm telling you, it's going to be like one yard line and it's going to him. It's going to him in a physical game. Physical games like this between two physical teams result in fullback touchdowns. 100%. 13-1. Let's fucking go.
1: Okay. Uh, So I already mentioned my lock. I'm going to go with the under with you. For my anytime touchdown, I was tempted by Juwan Jennings at plus 650, but I decided not to go with him because I just don't think he's gotten enough work lately. Uh, but I think I'm gonna go Elijah Mitchell at 370. I cashed with him earlier in the playoffs. I had him anytime touchdown against the Seahawks uh, for the Twitter graphic for the NFL Gambling Podcast, and that got there 370 for a guy that had 14 carries last week, and it was a close game. Like they used him to run out the clock, and he was good. Once again, he went at a bounce, which was a mistake, but he moved the chains. He looked relatively sharp, and you're going juice checking short yardage. I think there will be a short yardage touchdown in this game. If not, all of them will be short yardage. So give me Mitchell, who's the bigger back. And we know that Shannon's not afraid to bench McCaffrey for several plays in a row when they want to be extra physical. So give me Mitchell at plus
0: 370. All right. Anything else for people before we get up out of here, Scott?
1: Not really. Uh, Been fun to go through. Uh, DFS for the entire season. Not sure what the Super Bowl plans going to be. I'm assuming we're going to have a bunch of episodes, but we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll have one super episode, but it's a bit above my pay grade. I don't know what the schedule is, but we are off next week because you have the Pro Bowl mini
0: game competition. We're off. You're off. I'm going to find a way to bet Pro Bowl. Something, something dodgeball. I'll bet dodgeball.
1: If, if you're going to give me a dodgeball minigame odds, I'll bet the NFC or something. I don't know. I'll take. Yeah, uh,
0: somebody's going to let me. Matter of fact, let me look. Somebody's going to have something. I'm
1: feeling I'm Team Eli in, uh, in in uh, dodgeball. You know, Eli was. Did you a big ever
0: think I was back going to fade Team Eli? I was never, ever going to fade Team Eli
1: saying dodgeball, I'll take team Eli. So I'll take the price there. But point is for the Pro Bowl, you know, it's really not much to go through. So I'll be back at some point, probably a week or two from now. We'll still be on the NFL show. I'm still doing tennis every other day. I will be recording a tennis podcast in roughly an hour. So stay tuned for that because we got the Australian Open semis to break, to go down in the men's side, uh, which we'll break through uh, or we'll go through. But you can find me on Twitter, right? Show radio, and I got a bunch of free picks.
0: All right. You know where to find me at really underscore underscore. Make sure you follow the NFL gambling podcast at SGP and NFL. Make sure you follow us on YouTube, NFL gambling podcast. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, all of that. Make sure you leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify. Please leave us those Spotify reviews. Other than that, I mean, I have nothing else really to say. Honestly, both of these two teams can kick rocks. What do, you ha- what do you have against the Niners? What they do to you? No, it's just because I know if we played the Niners, we would have beat them because we own the Niners in the playoffs.
1: I think the Niners would have killed you, but that's just my opinion.
0: See, that's what everybody would have said about Philly, but
1: no, it's because Philly ran for 260 yards down your throat. I just think the Niners would have killed. No, you,
0: but I think, but, but I think that if we beat Philly, that it would have been the same logic that everybody was using for Philly for the Niners, and then we would have beat the Niners. Unfortunately, we didn't beat Philly. Otherwise. I have nothing else to say. So saying brackets like this. We are out of here.